More and more badass women are joining the ranks as highly skilled construction professionals. Construction and renovation projects wouldn't happen without the skills of the various crews involved. As we all know, the skilled trades have been male-dominated for like forever. In this season, I'm highlighting the amazing women doing their thing in the construction sector. Every journey and every story is different, but they are all inspiring. Have a listen as I learn about their stories. Kind Lightner on the show, and she's a total badass who's been blazing trails for a long time. I met her a while back at a meetup and knew instantly she was someone I needed to have on the show. After a successful career in the trades for over 20 years and earning not one, but two Red Seal certifications in motor, winder, and electrical, uh, Kelly began teaching for the Electrical Joint Training Committee, the EJTC, in 2003. I mean, that's like a total mouthful, these acronyms, aren't they? (laughs) Oh, I know, it's insane. (laughs) She completed her master's in instructor trainer uh, program, plus four years of advanced studies through the IBEW's uh, National Training Institute, the NTI, and is currently the EJTC's chief instructor and director of apprenticeships. In well, addition no, to- I'm not the director of apprenticeships. I'm just the chief instructor. Okay, just the chief instructor. So I'm just reading Just the mind. chief instructor. Yeah, uh, I forgot to take that out because I was that. And then I decided I didn't want to be a management. I just wanted to teach. Okay, perfect. Well, you were, <laughs> now you're not. Um, I was, I was not. And in addition to teaching uh, the entry-level trades training program for 14 years, she participated in the EVITP curriculum committee and is now a certified master instructor and serves as a subject matter expert on other training initiatives. With experience, she's become an integral member of the Netco Blended Learning Committee. I mean, my God, woman, like, <laughs> I'm so stoked to have you on the show. And all of this stuff you've been doing, and we were talking a little bit before we jumped on to the recording, you're just yep. doing your thing, you know, and here you are, you're this amazing person. I'm so excited to have you on the show. <laughs> It's it's so funny because when I started, it was just about making a better life for my son and I. That's where it started. That's literally was the entire drive in the beginning. Kate, I'm in the middle of a divorce. I've got to get this toddler. I got to raise this kid. I need to find a good career so that him and I have a good life. That's where it all started. <laughs> right. So that was <laughs> that my was number one question was like, how did, like, what drove you to come into the trade? So clearly it was a life yeah. circumstance. Oh, what, what it was, a, yeah. What were you doing before and then why why <laughs> trades and why electrical in particular? Well, I mean, I'm a military kid. So I was raised in the military. Um, my mom was in, my dad was in, my stepdad, my mom, like literally it's it's good. It goes back generations of my family. Um, you're raised in the military to do what you're told mm. without question, especially when your mother, mother is a sergeant in the military police wow. in the 60s. So you can imagine how tough my mom was. Yeah. Like people talk about me and I laugh and I go, yeah, I know. I'm just a small pale shadow of who my mom is. <laughs> um, but in my 20s, I wanted to go into trades. And my parents said, no, you have to get a white collar job. It won't be safe for you in trades. And I was like, I was in the military. I trained as a sniper. I taught hand-to-hand combat. For gosh sakes, like of all people who theoretically could survive, but they were they said no and because I was a well-behaved child I did what I was told and I didn't I went into white collar for 14 years I worked in insurance and finance I was an insurance agent for god's sake I did group insurance (laughs) and I hated it every day every day but my parents told me that's what I did and then 
got married, had my son, got divorced, um, and just wanted something different. So I ended up taking a class at New West Senior Secondary for adult, in adult ed, and it was called Career Choices. And literally, I took tests for a couple of days. And then they took all the tests, put them in a computer, and it just spit out 100 jobs that either had the attitude, the aptitude, or the training to be able to theoretically do. Right. Um, and it was so it was so funny because at 35, I go through this list of 100. They want me to narrow it down to like 20, right? So I have to go through this 100, narrow it down to 20. And I go through and I go, ooh, demolitions expert, right? And I'm talking to my mom. My mother goes, no. And I went, but mom, no. And even <laughs> at 35, it was like, okay, fine. It won't be a demolitions expert. <laughs> it was like, fine. But I ended up, I narrowed it down and I ended, I made criteria. They made me make criteria. And it was, I wanted to make $50,000. I wanted a job I could leave work. When I was in the industry of insurance, I was in money fund at the end. So I was watching um, markets and I was managing people's money. And it was just so much stress. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted something that filled my soul. That, mm -hmm. that actual, this is this thing I built. I did this. Right. Um, I didn't really understand that's what I really needed until I got on the tools. But it was that drive. So I went to, I basically, it was corrections officer and electrician. And I talked to my buddies through corrections officers and they're like, please don't, please don't. We love you. Please don't. It will kill you what you see inside the jails. We know who you are. You look all tough on the outside, but honey, you, no, don't. Um, my friends who were electricians said, well, you know, you're just crazy enough. This might work. So I was on welfare at the time, so I got welfare to send me for upgrading. That was a fight because I was told that, why don't I just get my, my typing back up to speed and I could go back to an office? And I looked at the woman and I said, if I go to school, I can get a better job, I can make better money, and I can raise my son. And she goes, well, I don't know why you expect you into men's work. Oh, geez. And it was, it was, not, it was the mid-90s. It was just yeah. this, I looked across the desk and I'm thinking, What? And it was just, and I'm sort of that human that was raised that, um, and this is military kids, we kind of learn how to get around. Like if there's this, we go, okay, how do I go that way, right? How do I get around that thing? So it was this, okay, fine, you're not going to help me. Um, I did the adult ed all by myself. I went to BCITs, they had a women in trades training, and it was 12 trades and 12 nights. It was the very first one they ever put on, and St. Eloy actually ran it. Wow. And I got to try 12 trades, it was like three hours in each trade. And it was great because it was just this little, this little peak little at everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was like, yeah, electrical. Yeah. I think electrical is really what I want to do. And then realizing that I've been out of school for a really, really long time, <laughs> like 18 years. Yeah. I didn't remember anything. So um, I actually got welfare to send me back to upgrading and I upgraded my math and my English and my physics back up to grade 12 level. Nice. So that when I went back to school, I wasn't a dumb butt. <laughs> because I knew in electrical that if I didn't have my math and my physics down pat, that it was going to get in my way. So it was yeah. called, okay, let's just get this thing done. Let's get this skill set built. And then let's take the next step. So I went to BCIT. I went to the old program, which was 10 months. Um, it was so much fun. I had the best instructor. I had this amazing um, Al Miles. The man's brilliant. He was, he's, he's from New Zealand. He was, such a, he was so great about having a woman in his class and it not being a big deal. Beautiful. Like, like it, was, it was amazing. I mean, I had a couple of putzes in my class, but him and I dealt with those. Mm -hmm. But it was just, it was so awesome that my very first instructor was just such an amazing human being and such a great mentor.
And it was so funny because years later when I started to teach, um, he was probably more proud of me, I think, than my parents were because he knew what it had taken me to get through to get to where I was. Aww. Yeah. And he was, he's like, that's one of my kids. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny how the like there's certain people along the way that either really like support you motivate really you get in or... your way and both of them are really significant and oh yeah and, this, and, like, and motivational in both ways yeah and this first taste of having somebody really support you because clearly your parents yeah. weren't super supportive of your choice until, no. you probably, until you probably made it or whatever and then they have no choice but now you have to support you I mean yeah I well I've I wired my my mom and my stepdad's house when I was a second year elect so in my second apprenticeship when I was a second year apprentice I actually went to Prince George and wired their house yeah so for free because like, you know yeah <laughs> that's what kids so do my, my, <laughs> my dad was not overly enthusiastic about what I was doing um yep. so I did joinery or cabinet making yep. um and I think he really felt like, you know, I should go to university or whatever. And I, you know, it wasn't. Because you were smart, right? I'm not made that way. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, you know, I think it took him a little bit to kind of wrap his mind around it. And then as he saw the skills and this and the, like I was employed and making, you know, good, decent money and like all yeah. of that. I think like even his mindset started to really change. And now he's like wildly proud of What's going oh yeah, on and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's really yeah. interesting. How, like some people are in your way, and other people are really yeah. right behind you and, and helping. And it's so funny because my dad was a weapons tech, my stepdad's a mechanic. So right, these are men that were were on the tools, but they were both clear that they wanted me to have quote unquote a better life. Mm. And it was just like yeah, but you're put you're sending me into the pink ghetto, people. Like seriously. <laughs> I, mean, I mean back. You know, it was 60s, 70s, 80s, even into the 90s, like blue collar work was really considered lower tier. Which is and, insane. Because which is when insane. I lived in it's Europe, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. When I lived in Europe, in Europe, trades are on the same social and economic level as doctors and lawyers, and they're treated as such. Oh, yeah. It is such, and New Zealand, Australia, same conversation. I do not understand why in North America, skilled trades um when i was in high school in the 70s it was like well that's what the dumb kids do it was like ha, ha, ha. yeah right you try and do like for in joinery to do all the math that it takes to make everything perfectly fit together that is not something a dumb person can do i'm sorry it's no, just a different there's, brain there's like a lot of problem solving skills in all of the trades lots of you know math yeah. I mean, like to do a load calc and and you know from an electrical standpoint is a deal yeah. Um, you know, yeah. all kinds of like really, really complex, like complex, but, and, and, but really specific to the trade, right? Like, yes. Like I've yeah. never done a low calc. I just know that you can do one. Like, they're not that hard, but you know, no matter what, like you're, you're solving problems and you're, you know, fixing, you're finding the, the puzzle pieces that go together. And that is a whole problem solving skill set that, you know, it can be applied across the board, no matter what sector you're in, but highly, highly required in the trades. And for me, the beautiful thing is that as much as I, when I was a kid, I kind of sniveled about 16 schools and 12 years of school over, you know, multiple provinces in a couple of countries. All of that moving took a really shy, introverted kid and forced me to be able to walk up to people I didn't know, put my hand out and say hi, which in construction is a really great skill. I had a foreman once ask me when I became an electrician, he said to me, okay, explain something to me. Why after a week do you know everybody's names? And I'm like, well, 
because I say, I, I, I put my hand out and I say, hi. And I said, have you lived in the same house your whole life? He goes, yeah. I said, yeah, I do. You don't know how to make friends. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's, so it's interesting where all of this stuff that I did in my old life, ha ha ha. And I've, I've had so many different careers. It's hilarious. All of those pieces all beautifully came together in this absolute symphony. When I walked onto the tools, my people skills, um, the fact that I understand how mechanically things go, like, cause I, I was raised by my grandfather's so on farms, right? But you got to learn how to do stuff because even as kids, all of that stuff, all morphed into this amazing oh my god i can do this and as a winder in my first trade i made skytrain motors i built the water i built pumps that pump water into the city of vancouver i built the motors that make people get to go up the ski hills um that crush the ore at highland valley copper um just the and to understand the magnetism and manipulating it that was so much fun in my first trade yeah, that was my favorite thing about my first trade. It's all big hammers and big things because I worked on big pieces of equipment. And I was the first woman in that trade. Yeah, like tr- total trailblazer, lady. Like amazing. I had no idea. Nobody told me. I had yeah. no clue. Now, <laughs> so I, la, 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 la. You know, I leave BCIT and I, I've applied at the union and I want to be a motor winder because magnetic fields fascinate me. And um, so I get a call two weeks before school ends and the union hires me out of the school, which is awesome because all the boys who had an attitude about being in school with a girl, I get to leave two weeks early because I have a job with the union and they don't. So (laughs) 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 I'm sorry, but even at 35, it was just (laughs) and rightly so. I mean, really, there was well, there were morons in my class that, you know, they used to sit me at lunch and give me these lectures about how women should be. Ugh. Ugh. Like really, dude. <laughs> Crazy. So so why I mean you, you obviously love you know your first trade. So why jump yeah. into getting a second one? Oh, okay. you're like an overachiever, but like Oh well, yeah, okay. So um let me just say that as the first woman in a trade, it's a hard slog. Mm-hmm. The trade has to adjust, the trade has to learn. So um my company was sold. And our new company, the owner walked up to my tool belt without anybody around and told me to my face that none of my kind would ever work for him. Holy. And he had made arrangements with the owner of the company I was working for. They were going to hold me back and have me pack up all the stuff that was in our shop and ship it to the non-union company they bought while the new employer hired everybody past me on the the, uh, seniority list. And then they were going to put me back on the list and never pick me up again. They were basically going to screw me. So our training director phoned me at night, phoned me that night at home and basically had said to me, sweetie pie, do you know you just got screwed? Yeah. He said, and he had, every time I'd run into a roadblock as a winder, because I got blacklisted for a year and just all sorts of stupid things happened. I had a three-year apprenticeship take five years. <laughs> it was insane. Well, but, and, and incredible that you persevered. I mean, like that. Oh, they have no idea how I, how, I mean, and this is, I always sort of joke about my, my genetic makeup. I'm Métis, Irish, Scottish, English, and French. Have you heard of a more stubborn makeup ever? (laughs) 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 And every time somebody told me I couldn't, it always, even when I was a kid, it just makes me dig my heels in and go, oh yeah, well, watch Watch me. me. (laughs) Right. 
And I loved the trade. I mean, I absolutely loved that trade. I was, I, I, when I graduated, I was top apprentice in my class. Um, I was chair of the committee for the, for the joint training committee for the motor winders. Um, I loved that trade. But the choices were then, as a single mom, I have a 12-year-old at this point, and I have to sit my 12-year-old down and say, okay, dude, we get choices now. And here's my kid, and he goes, oh, God, here we go with choices. Because I believe that he gets a, an opinion personally, because it's him and me. I've always believed that when he was a kid. I never believed that I could autocratically sort of make decisions for us. I always felt he needed input. Yeah. Um, so at 12, I sat him down and said, okay, here's, here's the choices, hon. I can stay in the trade I'm in, keep making ridiculously good money, but I will never be home. Yeah. And you have to understand that at that point, my ex-husband was still living in the basement suite of our house. And my son and I were living upstairs in the upper suite of the house. So for 18 years after we were divorced, my ex-husband lived in the basement. So it's not like my, my kid wasn't going to have a parent. He just wasn't going to have this parent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he said, so what's the alternative? And I said, the alternative, I take a really big pay cut. And I would have gone, I went from 42.50 to 12.50 an hour. Oh, sheesh. <laughs> I was making less working than I was on the eye. Crazy. <laughs> But I said, I said, okay, the here's the choice, right? And I said, I'll maybe. It's also for a short period of time. It's not like it's short. a short, and that's what I kept saying, right? And that's what I told myself all the way through. So I said to my kid, I said, listen, you know what? I won't be making much money. Um, things are going to be really, really tight. And Gordy said, so mom, are we going to be eating out of the food bank and going to the Salvation Army for Christmas? And I said, maybe. And he goes, and this is when, I don't know if you know as parents whether your kids are good people until they're adults. Like there's just yeah. this, right? You just never know. Yeah. I got a glimpse at 12 who he was going to be as an adult, which I always joke, let him live from 16 to 20. <laughs> oh, what a great, yeah. And he looked, he looked at me and he said, mom, I'd rather have you than the money. Oh. Oh yeah. Like seriously, like, ugh. Like, oh, like <laughs> good, good on you for your, your momming skills. Like, you know, to have a kid at 12 say that, I mean. That says a lot about you, even more so than, you know, just how amazing you already know that I already know that you are. But like that story alone was just like, yeah, I feel that. So, and we did it. I, so I took the pay cut and I would go to work every day. And every day it was like, okay, this is short-term pain, long-term gain. Yeah. And every Friday on payday, I would buy myself a tall Starbucks latte. And that was my reward for getting through that week. And it was it. just, and that's what I, and, and I kind of learned that that's how I kind of get through and part of what really helps in the trades, I mean, I don't know, but I have a little ADHD and a little OCD. So the two kind of combined. I was that kid who did laps in my generation. We weren't given drugs. Yeah. I was just the kid that was always, can you just go make a lap around the school? Okay. La, 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 come back. Yeah. Okay. La, 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 Twirl. Yeah. <laughs> it's the running joke about me. But behind all of that is the absolute stubborn perseverance. So I got through my first trade. I got through my second trade. Um, I was running Surrey City Center, which is a million and a half square feet of university uh, office and mall space as the maintenance electrician when I was a third-year apprentice electrician. Wow. Because I already had a red seal in electrical, because I was in my 40s, and because I'm old and bossy, <laughs> it was just easy. And I deal with, I can deal with the public. It, it's like I said to one of the apprentices, they said, you cannot talk to the public like they're stupid. He goes, but they don't understand. I said, I get it, but you still can't talk to them like they're stupid. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like, oh, 
Exactly. There's a way to explain what we do without sounding like some, you know, pompous ass. Yeah. <laughs> the equivalent of like mansplaining, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. So, I mean, in your time, yep. how do you, uh, and of course now you're sort of on the educational side. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, by the way, was my 20 year plan when I came on the tools. Awesome. Well, because at 35, I came on the tools and I'm watching the old guys and I'm thinking, okay, when I'm 60, I don't want to be doing that heavy work. There has to be a better way. So um, my first year instructor, Al Miles, again, took me aside at school and told me that I needed to teach. Mm. And I laughed and I said, I'm not a teacher. Like, give me a break, dude. That's not going to happen. And he goes, no, no. He said, you need to do this. He said, we need women teaching. He said, you're a good teacher. You're good on the tools. You need to teach. And it just, it planted a seed. So it literally became 20 years on the tools. I came off the tools teaching full time. And that's literally what happened. I love it. It was just the universe. It, and it, that was the universe. It never was a this, this, this. It was the, I want this. I put it out in the universe and it kind of happened. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it perfectly highlights um, something that I often will talk about too, is look, just because you're on the tools today doesn't mean you have to be on the tools forever. If Correct. you love the tools and you want to be on the tools forever, nothing wrong with that. Awesome. Do it. But if you're somebody who maybe has a little bit more ambition or maybe someone that recognizes that, like, yeah, when I'm, you know, 20, 30 years in, like, I'm not, I know I'm not going to want to be on the tools anymore. So then you have to start looking at, like, what, what are the steps in this, the, the path that you could potentially yeah. take and what, what's out there. So for you, you're, you know, in the educational uh, realm. Yeah. For me, yeah. I'm yeah. running my own business and and basically bossing people around. Um, I'm not really on the tools anymore, but yeah. I have the capacity and the understanding and the skills to still be on the tools if I have to, right? Correct. But, yeah. And, it's Which, and it helps you run the company because if you didn't know how to do what you do, you couldn't run the company the way you do. No, exactly. Or, or even yeah. just have the understanding about like some of the hurdles that we face and, you know, not every job goes smoothly and like what. And, like, <laughs> Did, I mean, do any job go smoothly, smoothly? Really? <laughs> yeah, ever? Yeah, totally. <laughs> sorry, but in, in my trade, a change order is like, just like tissue paper. We use them all the time. Yeah. Oh, we're changing it? Okay. Are we changing it? Okay. Are we, ch- okay. Right. Yeah. It's like, why, why bother making them at, at some point? But yeah, anyway, so like, so I mean, that I talk about that a lot with people is like, you know, just because you're on the tools today doesn't mean you're going to yeah. be on the tools forever. So that yeah. like, highlighting this is a great thing in, in our yeah. conversation here. But yeah. I, what I'm partly what I'm wondering about is, you know, in your time in the trades, in the field, yep. but also now as an educator, are you seeing any changes in the industry, specifically electrical industry, for women and opportunities? God, yes. How we're being treated and like all of it. Like, are we actually seeing a tangible change? Yes. And we, I mean, we talked when I started, um, God, I was the only one in my first trade. Um, when I came into electrical, there wasn't a lot, um, but we made in my union and in with my training director back in 2012, we made a commitment to do more. And him and I had already started this whole conversation about we have to get more women to understand that they can do this. Um, so what we learned was that women needed to see women that look like them doing what they thought they might want to do. Yep. So. Um, we started women's open houses where on a Saturday we would open the union hall up. We would have a bunch of apprentices and journeys there, all women. And 
literally every size possible. I've got a photograph of one open house where there's literally Amelia, who is almost six feet tall, and then Miss Jazz, who is almost five feet tall, and everybody in between. It's like, because it, it fits every size. Yeah. But, and we, we do little hands on like splicing wire and bending pipe, and we teach people how to splice, how to actually wire a light and a light switch and just plug it in and turn it on because that is just still for all of us. Even all these years in for me, every time I wire a circuit and it turned on, it works. I go, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, it's letting, and I'm, they, they tease me. They forever tease me that I'm the evangelist in the trades because I will talk to anybody. If I see a woman who is hardworking and is working in a job that I've done in the past, like cashier or waitress or store clerk, and it's this, so um, just to like, and I start to, and my, my, my husband will tell you, I'll talk to anybody, which I really will. <laughs> that human. I'll stand in a lineup and make friends. But I, it's this whole, I tell people, listen, I came from welfare. I made $125,000 last year. And I love my second husband so much, but I don't financially need him. Mm-hmm. And from coming from my first marriage that was abusive, having the knowledge that I stand on my own two feet and that everything that's around me is, yes, it's Mike and I's hard work together, but it's my boots on the ground that had this thing in my head, which was my own house, come to be and and for me to fight it and keep for it for all, and, and keep it all these years. Yeah, that's for me, that's the traits. I get to stand on my own two feet. I get to make my own decisions. I'm an independent human being that gets to do what makes them happy. And in my case, it's turning on lights because it's fun. (laughs) Well, I mean, like there there really is a a tangible, you know, we have nothing here and now we have light, like, or, or something will turn or we can plug something in or whatever. Yeah. Electrical stuff. Or in your case, I have some, look, I have drawers. I can put things in. Yay. (laughs) There there really is like a, a, a state of like, nothing and, and pile of material and then at the end of it even in um, even in the, like the electrical or, or plumbing world or whatever like it's all inside all the walls them. of your house like and you don't get to see it but you still get to like turn on the water and you still get to turn on your light and like you know all and you know your your furnace you know jets up when it's cold outside <laughs> it's like, awesome. know, our, our, yeah. our our human comforts yeah. really are at play and I always tell my apprentices um, when I teach, because I, I've taught, I've actually taught first year for 14 years. I'm just literally just started my first week in my, in a second year class because oh, wow. we've just started teaching second year at our school. So um, it's, I, I'm, I've done this. It's like, oh God, I'm terrified as hell and I'm going to do it again. <laughs> but when I teach first year, I teach my apprentices, listen, what we do as electricians is completely hidden. All people get to see is cover plates. So if you don't put the cover plate on level and straight and the screws aren't lined up, they're going to think everything else you did, even if it was done impeccably, is done abysmally. Yeah. And it's so unfair, but <laughs> like I had a customer say to me, why do I have to pay you so much money to put that switch on the wall? And I said, well, it's going to take me an hour to get the material and go to the wholesaler. Then it's going to take me an hour to do the job then I'm going to have to clean up and put everything away. And that's why it costs you so much money. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I refuse to apologize for the time it takes me to do my job. Not. 
Yeah, well, I think, again, there it kind of comes down to this perception of what the public has around, like, what the value and the worth is of their personal time, yeah. what they do for a living, Work. is what yeah. they think that, you know, a trade should be paid, or what they're willing to pay for. And, you know, in my my world, say, like, you know, cabinetry and furniture, I mean, people go to, you know, whatever cheap and dirty place they can get stuff at oh well how come you're charging that much more for custom work and it's like well because we yeah. are a, yeah. a, a production shop and we have you know attention to detail and our stuff is probably going to last longer <laughs> then you will be alive and the stuff you buy at these big yeah. box discount stores will literally fall apart in a handful of years yep. you're going to use your drawers in your kitchen and then yep. you won't be able to open them but the drawers that we make and the the the, the slides and stuff that we put in there yeah. stand the test of time. Last forever. And that's that's what yeah. that's what you're paying for. Yeah. Um so part yeah. of it is just and like I'm, communicating the value proposition, right? Yeah. And for me, I'm a person who I mean, I'm sitting at a table that's it been at a kitchen table, it's an oak kitchen table that's been in my dad's family. I'm the sixth generation to own it. Yeah. Like it's heirloom right? I, I, stuff. <laughs> And and this is I'm not and it's so funny because when my when they gave it to me, my stepmother said, Now don't you sell this? And I looked at her and I said, Have you looked to my house lately? Like have you seen all the things that my 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 coffee table for God's sake is a mid century that one of my best friends' dad made. And when he passed away and she was moving into her new house, she didn't have room for it. And she bequeathed me this absolutely gorgeous handmade table that her dad made in the fifties. Like it's just and it looks brand new, yeah. but it's, it's, it's almost what, 80 years old. Yeah. And I live in a house that was built in 1932 and really nothing's really been touched in this house, including by shh, the electrical is really, really bad. <laughs> I wonder, well, it's not I wish I knew somebody it's, that could help you with that. <laughs> kind of a little, well, I laughed because the inspector said to me one day, I was in an event and one of the city inspectors here said to me, Kelly, when are you going to update your house? And I went, I don't have to update my house. And he goes, you're master electrician he said have you touched your house and this is where i'm, I'm like uh-uh i not touched my house since i became i stand behind my husband and tell him what to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah but for me trades trades has given me this it just it's given me a life where i don't have to it's funny i pulled out my second year book and from electrical and that's when money was really tight and it was interesting because I found one of my old budgets in there where I was literally looking at, okay, from this check, I got to take this much money and set it aside so that I can pay this bill at the end of the month. And I, and just how carefully, and now when bills come in, I just sit down and I pay them and they're done. There's such a freedom. Like to just that, that just, oh my God, it's so amazing. And I don't think I realized how much I was under. Until I got to turn around recently and just look back and go, holy crap. Like when my property tax bill comes now, I don't panic. I just go, oh, well, when's it due? Okay, I'll just send money on that day. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Yeah, so so freeing to not feel so stressed about the financial side of your, your life. I, I, we, had, we had some pretty lean, lean days and times, early, early time. And, and yeah. I, I totally feel that. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, I mean, now you're yeah. like in this 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 role of 
I mean, teaching, but also mentoring and you've been around for a long time and, and, you know, we're seeing some change in the yep. industry. Um, they, call, they call me mama. The girls, the local, basically, they call me the mom bear of the apprentices. Cause that's who I am. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we, we've talked, there, there's been so many really great little bits and pieces around like why we think the trades are important and, and for, for women, but all anybody really, yep. but, you know, like there's the pay equity yep. part of it. There's yeah. you know, the freedom yeah. part of it. There's like, just, there's so many yep. really great things. And yeah, there's, there's still, soul. yeah, there's still some challenges there with, you know, jerks oh god yeah and all of that um but i'm just wondering yeah. like like with anything like what what are some of the the things that you're most excited about where are you getting the most sort of traction and change these days like um with, with sort of like where you're at what your role is and and maybe share some of those things it's for me it's watching what used to be considered underrepresented so women for example in my local in, in my local the apprentices 17 percent of our apprentices are women wow that's that's an insanely high i'm sort of on the journey side we're seven percent but it'll it, it's it's that it we and the contractors have figured out that women are amazing and we've now started to reach out because we do so much work on indigenous land and as a Métis, I've always been committed to moving not only women, but anyone underrepresented. And for the Indigenous, it's been such a hard go with everything that's happened um, culturally and in the families that yeah. having the opportunity. So what we've done within the Joint Training Committee, we've partnered with two amazing groups, Access and Skill Plan. And we've basically built this program that allows us to take um, Aboriginal people who are either we've had high school kids we've had people who are retraining just like our regular entry-level program but they're all indigenous and to watch them now we've had our they've gone through first year and second year third year and some of them are heading for fourth year and it's so amazing to watch this group that in the past because of the education requirements and because of the trauma and the problems wouldn't have been able to get through an apprenticeship but because of the support that access skill plan gives academics we give them collectively um we're we have this amazing group of people who've joined the trade who i am so proud of they make me so proud they do such amazing work and they are such great ambassadors each and every one of them for whatever nation it is they come from and we've had students from literally all across north american nations like just it's been amazing that the the, the amazing human beings that have gone through our school and are making changes in their lives and, and going home to their reserve, their nation. It just, it makes me so happy. Yeah. I mean, I just got like total goosebumps on my arms. <laughs> I just, oh. Yeah. Amazing. The ripple. Yeah. The ripple, right? Yeah. It's this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like these the, the stones are being cast and the ripples are moving forward. And yeah, some of the stones just sink and go nowhere. But, you know, like, I mean, there's going to be some attrition regardless, no matter who, who you are. You hey, just keep throwing the stones. Just, like, just you gotta just keep, gotta. Just keep doing it. Yeah. And I, and I love that you're just constantly yeah. like, yeah. hey, have you thought of the trees? <laughs> like electrical or not? You know, and like a lineup or somebody who, you know, I just, I, I think that's great. It's just a, somebody who's a, a true ambassador yeah. of the trees. And I just love it. I just love it. Um, 
<laughs> I just, I love my trade so much. Yeah. My trade has given me so much. I just, I, and I was raised to believe that you give back. That's the way, I, that's the way my family is. You have to be of service. So in teaching, I'm giving back in mentoring, but because I was so alone in my first trade, I made a commitment to all the women behind me. And I didn't care what trade they were in that I was going to be a hand up, not a handout, but a hand up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 And I, I think, I mean, just hearing your story is really, really inspirational. And I think that, uh, you know, you and others like you, like me, I mean, like I've been in my trade for about 20 years. Um, you know, like I just, yeah, like for me at this point in my life, I'm really, really ready to do more. You know, for a long time, it was just like, I'm just doing my thing and on the wheel and, yeah. you know, building my business and taking care of my kids and my yeah. family. And, well, because that's all the time. And, you know, we all, we all have so much family, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, case in point, yeah. part of, part yeah. of why I'm doing this series in the podcast is because this is an opportunity and a platform that I've yeah. created that I can bring these conversations forward. And I just love the, the, the conversation that we've had today. Um, just highlighting your your path and just from like literally yeah, thank you like you're saying like like welfare to you know <laughs> thriving and, and more than thriving and and now in, in this position of yeah. uh, service and giving back and and all along the way as well I mean that's something about contribution and being in community that I think a lot of us as women we just innately know and we get such as yeah. kind of a lot of us how we're wired um, yeah. and I think that's what's missing generally in yeah. North American community as a whole, because everyone is such a silo. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, well, and I'm really lucky my union. Um, that's one of the things that my local is really good. Very quietly. They do an, they do amazing things in the communities, right? We do Habitat for Humanity and we do all sorts of other things that we do it very quietly in background, but we do like our women's committee before COVID was going into women's shelters and helping repair women's shelters and talk to the women in shelters, like just, it, it's that I love the fact that I ended up just by the universe, thank the universe, in a place where there are so many like-minded people who just want to move everybody forward. And I love that. Yeah, absolutely. So I always like to end the episodes um, with a couple of fun little questions and, uh, and then we'll totally wrap it up. So okay. What is your favorite tool and why? <laughs> what is my favorite tool and why? Hmm. I would have to say my control screwdriver. Hmm. Um, a, because um, when you put your finger on it, you can rotate. It's just fun to play with. And for somebody who has ADHD, that's just a fun thing to have. <laughs> it's the original fidget spinner. <laughs> awesome. It totally is the first fidget spinner. But I have used that screwdriver for digging, um, cutting around cover plates when a painter's decided the cover plate should be, you know, blended to the wall. I've used it for digging screw holes out so I can actually get a screw to go in something. It is literally, it, it has been the ubiquitous tool. I've actually killed a couple because I've worn the ends out over the time between my two trades. Oh, amazing. Um, so... What is um, sort of a funny example of someone that was trying to like mansplain to you something about your trade? 
Oh, gracious me. Um, I'd wanted, when I flipped trades, I didn't want anybody to know I already had a red seal because I just, I just didn't. I wanted to just be a friend. So I'm sitting at lunch one day and one of the journeys who knows somebody who knew me plunks this, this piece of equipment that's, that's broken in front of me and says to me, well, now Kelly, you're going to tell me what's wrong with this. And one of the guys across the table starts going, well, you know, Kelly, if you look at it, you sh and, and there was this whole conversation about, you know, that it was a winding and that blah, blah, blah. Uh, and well, I hadn't gone to school yet, so I wouldn't understand it. So they didn't understand why he'd given it to me. And I just sat there and looked at him and let him talk. And then finally he shuts up and the guy who handed it to me looks at him and goes, dude, she's a winder. And the look on this kid's face was just like, oh, <laughs> I just totally stepped it in. Like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I had it. I had an engineer once tell me that transformers had to be run hung a certain way to work. And I looked at him and said, no, they don't. And he goes, no, they have to be hung this way to work. And I went, magnetic fields don't care which way we hang them. They just work. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, Kelly, I feel like um, I could probably spend another like two, three hours just chatting with you. Let's get some <laughs> wine, whatever. We're definitely going to have to um, connect again and live and in person. But I think for yeah. the purposes of the podcast here today, I just, I think we're going to wind it up now, but I just am just so thrilled and really honored that you agreed to come on the show. And I just love all of the parts and the pieces of things that we've chatted about. And I hope that the people listening, um, you know, really grab those nuggets and really get that, you know, trades, there's like, it's limitless. You can go wherever, you know, you just need to jump in and do something. There's great potential for earnings and that you don't have to stay on the tools forever. So I think like some of those are the big takeaways mm -mm. from our conversation for me. Yeah. And um, I just want to like leave it to you. Is there any last last parting words that you want to impart on anybody? Um, basically for me, find something that makes you happy and go to work isn't work. Yeah. Well, it's the like the best advice away. I give. If you Seriously. do what you love, it's, you don't work a day in your life kind of thing, right? Yeah, find a passion because it just everything else is yeah. It I love my job so much. People always ask me why I'm happy, and I just smile because I get to do what makes me happy. I get to help people make their lives better. Good God, what better life could you get? Not, nothing, nothing better than that. I love it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Again, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll chat soon. No worries. Thank you so much. Bye. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and I hope you feel as inspired as I do. If you or someone you know has interest in the trades, there are many resources, many programs and supports. There's also a ton of women's groups out there specifically for those who are in the trades. We'll list a number of them in the show notes, but be sure to reach out if you're having challenges finding some in your area. We're all in this together after all, and we're happy to help in any way we can.